everybody. Welcome to Vanquish Your Business Demons podcast. I'm Julia Stock, business revolutionary, and I am joined once more by the fabulous Vicky Henderson, who is a mindset god. Oh, I'm a god today. Fantastic. I've given you an upgrade. Um, given that war has broken out, we thought we would talk about contingency planning and, yeah, disaster recovery and grown-up stuff for your business, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, why is it important to prepare for disaster? Uh, from a mindset point of view, if you have thought through scenarios that may occur, including the worst-case scenario, and have a plan for when that happens, you will be far less stressed when that happens and will be able to continue taking action because you know what you've planned to do rather than sitting there a little bit like our rabbit in the headlights from last week. Yep. Even if you decide to review your plan at the time of the disaster and do something completely different, I presume that's still better to have planned in the first place. Absolutely, because it still means that you're saying, okay, this has happened. Um, this is what I planned when I thought about it. Is that still appropriate? Because things might have changed the situation. You won't know what the exact situation is until it happens. Um, um, so yes, absolutely fine to reassess it. It's about moving forward and not just getting stuck. And lots of people refuse to plan for the unknown because it's unknown, don't they? They see it as a waste of time. They see it as a waste of time and also they don't want to think that something bad might happen. They're, you know, they all think they would like to think that everything's just going to be sunshine and flowers and roses and unicorns. And that doesn't actually really reflect reality. Yeah. So it's this aversion to analysing pitfalls. Yes, essentially. Yep. Which can lead to this blind optimisticness of it'll be fine. So, yes. in the current post-COVID war seems to have broken out in Europe, stage that we are in on the 1st of March. Happy 1st of March, by the way. Yeah, um, See, I take the 1st of March as being spring. Spring oh, has begun. Absolutely. Yes, so over winter, spring has begun. So, if we were to look at it at this point, then I suppose we need to look at our supply chain in the current context if we were to do this activity today then yeah looking at your supply chain is a really sensible place to start isn't it yes um now some companies won't necessarily have a supply chain per se but you know other companies definitely will and you know as many many companies have experienced with firstly brexit and then the pandemic um you know you just never know what might interrupt your spy chain so your spy chain your <laughs> supply chain so you know now is the time to think okay so if the absolute worst happens in europe what impact is that going to have on my business yes um so if you are a service business it's easy to go supply chain doesn't impact me now, of course, the early days of COVID should have bashed that complacency out of a lot of businesses when they suddenly realised, 
oh, yeah, we do have a supply chain. You know, a couple of years ago, it was all about PPE and um, signage and people not being able to get hold of stuff that they needed to at the time they needed to get hold of it in order to keep their business running in the way that they wanted to. Um, so if you apply that to where your business is now, then, yeah, what are those essential supplies that you're going to be needing? Um, if you're a service business, you may well have fallen back into a lot of pre-COVID practice of let's go out and see everybody face to face. Well, if the price of fuel continues to go up as it is at the moment, then your staff are going to start whining about that quite a lot. Um, and therefore, you know, as part of that contingency planning, it's that thing of, do we have to do it in this particular way? So when we're looking at it, we might not want to change our business model, but we should be questioning under what circumstances is changing my business model the right thing to do. That's how we're going about it, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and, you know, it, what happens if, you know, not only fuel goes up, but it becomes scarce and you can't go out and do the stuff that you want to go out and do if you're a service industry uh, company. So how are you going to get around that? You know, you need to plan in advance so that, you know, unlike being caught out completely like everybody was on the 23rd of March 2020 when the UK went into its lockdown and other places in the world were very different timings um, you now know that that might be a possibility and so you need to get that sorted out you need to be able to access your fuel you know we've had a we've had a flipping tanker sideways on in the Suez Canal that caused all sorts of mayhem you know we, we've really been exposed to a lot of worst case scenarios in the last couple of years so um, and if anything, that should be, I know if anything that should be telling people how important it is to think about you know these things in advance yes I'm not sure anybody in their disaster recovery plan um if you're a nice little business somewhere not very exciting would have thought about the impact of a tanker going sideways on the Suez Canal. Um, but if you are a plumbing business, for example, actually knowing and understanding where your supplies are coming from, where they're being manufactured is an important part of things. Um, because world trade is having another external shock. Um, Lots of people were overcoming the problems with global shipping created by COVID and the Suez Canal um, by increasingly using air freight. Well, if you're shipping stuff in from Asia, then that air freight has a habit of going across Russia and it has a habit of going across what is now a war zone. And therefore, it is being fractured. Certain airlines are not allowed to fly over Russian airspace. So actually understanding where your stuff is coming from, how it's being transported, who is transporting it. You know, that's part of this contingency planning to go, yeah, these are good people to be buying from. They know what they're doing. As opposed to just expecting stuff to turn up in the wholesalers. Yeah, and then expanding that out into who is Russia's biggest ally, China, 
how much stuff comes from China. What happens if China decides to throw their toys out of the pram and not speak to anybody that doesn't want to talk to Russia anymore? Um, you know, what happens if they get a little bit, you know, think, oh, well, if Putin can have the Ukraine, why can't I make an attack on Taiwan? How much stuff comes from Taiwan? Masses. Uh -huh. So it's about thinking about what's the ripple effect of what's happening and how might it impact me even if it's not impacting me now, you know, where might we be in two, three, four months time? Now, let's hope that none of that happens sincerely for the rest of the world, but you need to be thinking about it. Yes. And that's the whole point about disaster planning. Um, part of that in terms of shorter term things that are much more likely to happen Um nearly 20% of UK small and medium-sized businesses had a successful cyber attack last year. Ouch! Yeah. Um, that's in a normal year. Um, this year doesn't look like it's currently going to be a normal year. So you can expect cyber attack activity to go up. So then that comes down to how secure are our systems really? Um particularly if you're very much an online only business, if you're doing a lot of e-commerce, then one, you're hugely exposed to the supply chain issues. And two, you're hugely exposed to potential cyber attack issues. Um, so within that contingency planning, you need to be looking at both sides, don't you? You do, absolutely. And, and thinking about that whole cyber thing, that relates a lot back to mindset which is if you're an organization that hold loads of data on your clients mm -hmm. and all of that sort of thing are you up to date with the latest gdpr are your employees really trained about what to look for um are they engaged with your company so that they think oh actually maybe i shouldn't just click this link rather than just gleefully clicking it and that all comes back to mindset and culture and everything within the organization which is you know have a conversation do you know what you're looking for you know what what might give you a warning sign if so if you see something how are you going to deal with it mm -hmm. and get them to actually start thinking that they need to be a little bit more aware um, of stuff that's coming in absolutely because most successful cybercrime doesn't happen from anything that they're doing to your computer it happens because they send a very clever email um, with a dodgy attachment or they blatantly ask for money and the finance department process the payment yeah um i've experienced that in my previous business and it was only spotted because the person that they claimed um to have authorized the payment never would have dared to authorize a payment for, I think it was eight and a half grand. It just would not have occurred to him to spend eight and a half grand of the company's money ever. Um, he wasn't in that job role. Um, but if they had put a couple of different names on it, if they'd put my name on it as the MD, that payment would have been processed. Um, it may or may not have been checked with me, but if it had been my name on there, yeah, they probably would have done. Um, so a lot of our security comes from the people interactions, doesn't it? And the it does, processes yeah. and the systems we have in place 
and that does come from educating and your team and there's some really good training out there you know the fraud police do some brilliant stuff your bank will do brilliant stuff um and yeah just making sure that it's not just you going on that training but as many of your staff go on that training as possible absolutely it it needs to be across the board so that everybody understands what they're looking for um and yeah you know there's there's a lot of um you know even if you're a smaller company there's some there's a lot of you know it companies that will do training in that area as well uh, and education around it um but yeah it's a it's a piece that definitely is quite high on the agenda of a lot of our local business shows at the moment um the police forces in the uk certainly have now got cyber resilience teams so they've upped their game there um, who are becoming more and more active so yeah there's absolutely loads of options out there to protect yourself and let's face it russia has some of the world's best hackers yes um although you kind of again have that mindset thing of why are the russians gonna hack little me <laughs> to which the only response is yeah because they can um yeah it's fun but that's a mindset from a business owner's perspective of it is. nothing's going to happen to me because I'm just not that exciting or important or significant. Brilliant. All the more reason to go after you then. Yeah. Because you're an easy target. You're low hanging fruit. Um, another bit of grim forecasting and planning, of course, is what we saw at the beginning of COVID is lots of people making some very emotional decisions about personal and business spending habits you saw this huge contraction in confidence overnight i know you were massively impacted by it um but it's really important to be thinking through the consequences of another huge contraction in confidence isn't it it is because if you you know so I will I'll share my lesson that I learned. I had decided to niche two years ago into the corporate sector. I spent six months working towards some really big, hefty contracts that were going to give me six months work. And as a result of that, I had basically started to run down my smaller clients, my one-to-one clients, the, the bread and butter stuff, mm-hmm. which meant that when COVID hit and I lost all my corporate business overnight, I have no clients left. So my lesson then was do not put all your eggs in one basket, particularly, I mean, in you know, and niche so far down that if that whole industry sector contracts, you're left with nothing. Yeah. Um, so I now have my, my businesses spread over three different sectors and that corporate sector is only ever going to be a maximum of a third of my business because at least then if I do lose it, I've still got two thirds of my business to rely on. Yes. Um, But that again, if we are contingency planning, disaster planning, then asking yourself, what's the worst case scenario in terms of generating business? And sadly, COVID has given us a lot of recent experience of that. From a mindset perspective, lots of people are still in survival mode. They haven't yeah. got out of survival mode post-COVID. Um, and therefore are hugely reluctant to have that conversation again. And the thing is, if you don't have that conversation again, 
you're long, you know, you're going to end up back exactly where you are when nobody in the world thought we'd end up with a global pandemic for two years in the beginning of 2020. So it's almost like not, you've got to, yes, you're still in survival mode, but actually now you need to be thinking, okay, so we really, the, the absolute unexpected happened two years ago, and this is how we dealt with it, which was a bit rubbish. So <laughs> If it happens again, we've got to deal with this in a better way. How are we going to do it differently next time? What went wrong last time? What do we need to correct? What options do we need to have? Because if you just stick your head in the ground, you're going to end up where you were two years ago and your business might not survive second time round. Or about the fourth time round, depending on how many lockdowns (laughs) we've had. Well, that as well. Um, But the other thing is, whatever comes next is not guaranteed to not be the same as what's come before so we can't just say this is how we reacted last time la 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 everything's lovely the next thing to hit you is going to be something different so yes it's brilliant if you thought you had a great response last time it may well be that the curious combination of events last time wasn't that personally catastrophic for your business you know we need to remember a lot of businesses sprung up during COVID. A lot of businesses thrived, yeah. boomed, all the rest of it. Um, look at all the PPE suppliers that didn't exist two years ago. Yeah. Um, now that COVID's coming to an end, these guys need to be pivoting, whereas the rest of us pivoted two years ago. Um, and the next crisis is not going to hit them in the same way. They will be impacted in a different way. Um, so yeah, if we're going to be doing this, we need to be looking at the key risks to our business, don't we? We do. And I think that's a lot, a thing that a lot of, you know, in larger companies, they have risk assessments for what happens if somebody falls down the stairs, but they don't necessarily have risk assessments for what happens if there's a, a, a war, what happens if there's a pandemic, what happens if there's, you know, aliens land, um, they don't have that, but then smaller companies don't have it either because um, they don't think it through. So it's like it, it's it's doing risk assessments for global events and things outside of your control rather than just focusing on the risk assessments of what might happen on a day to day basis that I need to protect my ass with. Yes. And it does depend on what sector you're in. So organizations that have um government funded contracts um so in our apprenticeship training business um we were intermittently asked to risk assess the business away from health and safety um so you had that kind of big picture governmental corporate best practice imposed on a much smaller company um and actually it's a good mentality it's a good practice to get into to actually be going what should happen it does make you more nimble and better able to cope so you know i know seven seven was nearly 20 years ago now but i was heading towards a training event in london um when it all went poofed um but i was continuing to head towards the scene of the bombs um after that event we then put quite a bit of work into thinking about how we could put things in place to improve how we worked with our staff to deal with terrorist incidents 
we worked in and around London, you know, in that post 9-11 era, it seemed very sensible that there were only going to be more terrorist attacks. Now, that's a horrid mentality to have got yourself into, but then you're, yeah, putting that work into and that training into getting your staff to realise that letting us know where you are is a good thing, not us being big brother. Yes, and it's, it's, it requires a, a shift in mindset again yeah. um, to actually... This isn't Big Brother. This is for my own safety and well-being mm-hmm. um, due to, you know, a previous experience. We have learned that um, it's useful to know where everybody is in life. You know, if something like that happens, therefore, you know, in the future, that's what we need to plan for. Um, so, yeah. And it, it, again, it's about if you have staff, getting them on side, getting them to really engage with what needs to be engaged with rather than just them saying, oh, well, you know, that's your problem. I'm just here to do the day-to-day work sort of thing. Yes, um, you are being intrusive. Um, And yes, maybe we were being intrusive. But at the same time, if you are somebody who is a lone worker going out and about, um, yeah, there is a health and safety risk. And there's the duty of care of how, as an employer, you try and mitigate that risk. And staff don't necessarily understand that's what you're trying to do. So within the contingency disaster recovery planning, you have to think about what's the best way to change that culture because it ain't going to shift overnight. No, and that comes down to communication, which is, there's no point in keeping this stuff secret and up your sleeve and thinking, oh, I can't no. possibly tell them what we've got planned or, you know, it might worry them. It's about bringing your staff into the sort of, you know, into the into the planning and, and getting their buy-in for it. And, you know, saying, Absolutely. you know, this, this is why we need to do this. You know, what would have happened if, you know, X had been on that train? You know, how would we have dealt with it? So this is why we need to know who's where at what time um and it's not us being nosy it's about you know change that culture of we're here to look after you so you might change the culture because of a big event and we've got lots of big events going on in the last couple of years but actually it gets applied in a much more subtle level on a day-to-day basis so you might suddenly have a terrorism policy and actually terrorism still happens yeah less often less dramatically but it's still there and it'll be interesting to see whether or not it has an uptick that's depressing isn't it um but actually thinking about how do we know where people are um and what are the other benefits you know our staff used to go and visit people all over london um so it was less about terrorism more you know you've got lone women walking around in dodgy places yeah you know something might happen so we did lots of lone worker training we and the Susie Lamplew Trust is brilliant in terms of resources to help businesses um, and staff think about ways to keep themselves safe 
Um, so it sends you down different directions on the, yes, I can stress about that, but actually the day-to-day thing that is unresolved is perhaps less glamorous, but will have a bigger impact on keeping my staff safe. And yeah. fundamentally, all of this stuff is about doing the right thing and demonstrating to your staff that you're doing the right thing. And that makes you a better leader, doesn't it? It does, because you're 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 bringing them in, you're sharing with them, you're showing empathy towards their situations. Um, and, you know, any, any leader... Um, should be doing that if you're if you haven't got your staff following you coming along with you you're not a leader you're not getting it right um and if you've got problems with bringing your staff along with you i would suggest you look in the mirror rather than blaming your staff and find out how you can improve the communication how what do you need to do as that leader that business owner the the mm-hmm. you know the manager within the company to get your staff to come along with you because if they're not following you that's down to you it's not down to them it means you haven't sold the whatever you want them to do in a way that inspires them motivates them and engages them more fundamentally to lead requires you to one be in front Yes. Two, have their respect. And three, have some idea about where the you're trying to get to. Yes. <laughs> Those three are much more important. And that does fit into this disaster recovery contingency planning thing of you're thinking about the stuff that nobody else is thinking about. And that fundamentally is leadership yeah. um, to say this is what we want to happen in these circumstances. And that only adds to respect. Um, What I would say is if you've never done a contingency disaster recovery plan um, and you're sitting here going, that's lovely, ladies, but how do I do that? Then, of course, engaging with some business support is a sensible thing to happen, isn't it? Um, It is. Um, And there'll be various different types of business support out there that are right for you or your company alternatively give us a call absolutely and uh we would be more than happy to uh, put you through your paces and uh, help you move towards the future in a more uh risk managed way shall we say yes um because we love poking prodding and generally annoying people and that's what gets the best plans done doesn't it it is if you don't poke the bear you won't know when it's going to roar i think on that blatant advertising note um thank you very much um very interesting conversation and i will see you next week fantastic thank you